airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for joining us uh, today. We appreciate it. We're the Addisons. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B. is over in Studio CC. Mm-hmm. We will um, get started by maybe making a few announcements, letting you know what's going on uh, with us, with the Addisons, and then also across the ministry of American mm-hmm. Family Radio. And then offer some of our commentary on what happened in our country yesterday. <laughs> um <laughs> I don't know. I have I have a I have an I have an overall theme. Now here's the thing. Will and you know this, all right. I have never watched um I have never watched a Super Bowl game for the love of the game. Right. Never. Right. Like and people say, Well, Mickey, never is a strong word. <laughs> Believe me. No, that's true. Believe me. I have never watched a Super Bowl game for the love of the game. Just, I I yeah. just can't I don't I don't I'm just not into it. It's not it's not your thing. It's not my thing at all, yeah. but I have watched it as ministry outreach. Mm-hmm. Been a part of organizations where we've done that. Right. I've watched it for fellowship because there are right. people who right. find this to be a grand thing to gather around. Yeah. I have watched it for food because mm-hmm. um, there's going to be snacks great involved. Snacks. Okay, mm-hmm. I have, I will admit that you know great snacks, but great <laughs> snacks, wonderful <laughs> snacks, and you know can't be mad at any of that. But I have never watched it. Never watched a Super Bowl game because I'm like. Oh man, I just, I just, I need to know how this is going to turn out. I have to tell you, I didn't really know who the last two teams were going to be um, this past weekend. I lean on Will heavily for that. I just didn't <laughs> know, and uh, and I don't know a lot about them. I try yeah. to connect, so I ask questions. You know, is it a big deal that they're here? Does it? What does it mean for whoever wins? I don't know. I don't know. And, but I'm yeah, trying to yeah. want to know. And the thing right? is, it's not the same for uh, even for me, because even like JD was like, hey. Because we were watching documentaries. We were watching documentaries. <laughs> I know. I wasn't going to out you, Will. I didn't want nah, anyone to try mind. to pull your no, man card. No, no, but, like I if I said that we were not watching the Super Bowl, no. we were actually watching documentaries. I, I don't feel bad. Because <laughs> I'm like, man, because, yeah. man, look, the commercials that you got to put up with, and oh some people goodness. love them, you know, but they, they always putting stuff in there, you know, mm-hmm. and then the halftime show and all that. And I just don't feel the need to have to turn the TV off every commercial break and all which this is kind what of stuff. we I'm generally like, do yeah it's like it's, it's too much of a hassle and so we were watching documentaries about which john newton and yeah <laughs> where you will before us and <laughs> yeah you know and was, was like so after this goes off will the game still be on it's like I, I was like yeah it's still be on so you know i ended up turning off the documentary and putting on the game you know mm-hmm. you got to go through all this gymnastics of uh, it's just crazy so yeah it's not the same anymore it's not it's really not. And, and you know. well, right. And I understand, I think it's probably, I think it's more of a sting for you than it is for me. I, yeah. it's something that, you know, and I think that's the little, that's the um, give and take of us living as believers. There are some things that, you know, like for me to say, oh, I'm done with that. 
may not be the same for you to say, oh, I'm done with that. You know, and I think that's how we have to bear with each other, because sometimes it can sound a little bit self-righteous. And I don't mean it to sound that way when I say when I start off saying I've never watched the Super Bowl game for love of the game. Like, I just I don't mean that to sound self-righteous. That's just my honest confession. Like, I just so I want people to know that when I'm critiquing it, that they should they should um, probably weigh my critique against my um, subtle disdain for the game. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't you know what I mean? So I think Mm -hmm. that's that's legitimate to say. Right. Like, I'm not going to be offering this. Oh, this is a deep loss for all of us. You know, but I I do think that our culture and American culture is rapidly moving away from the church. And we talk about this all the time. And so it's really hard for us to experience this. Mm -hmm. It's hard for us to understand it. But one of the things that was uh, heavy on my heart, and which, by the way, I will say this. uh, So we didn't watch the game in its entirety. Mm -hmm. And uh, nor, nor did we watch it, you know, just straight through. Certainly we didn't watch the halftime show, um, but this morning, after I saw all of the outrage over it, you know, there are some pages that I follow and um, there are pictures that were posted. And so I thought, OK, so I went to YouTube and there's a which I'm not recommending this at all. But I want to say my commentary on the halftime show is not based on hearsay. I watched about 10 minutes of it and I felt like that was enough. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm not I felt like speak too much about it because I. I, I, don't, I know, and I'm so, glad you didn't, and no, I don't want you to and watch it. I was tempted. It. No, I was tempted because everybody's saying, like, Everyone's hey, talking you know? about it. And I was like, ah, and it kept coming up in my, like, YouTube thing, and I was like, right. no, I'm not, you know. Yeah, sure. I'm glad you didn't, and I don't recommend it for men who, you know, put safeguards in place to guard mm-hmm. their eyes and to guard their hearts. I don't, I don't recommend it at all. Um, I frankly think it's embarrassing to women. Um, mm. I think that it's a low point for us, it may be right there with the uh, Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, some not pretty in, bad as, ones, though. You you, know? We've had some bad ones. Yeah, we've had some bad some ones. <laughs> but I mean, when you talk about the degradation of women, I, I feel like this one is pretty high up there. That's what mm. that's what Justin Timberlake and, and Janet mm. Jackson, that that whole thing was the degradation of women. It was yeah. just the um, and, and which look, we're not new to the objectification of women. Oh. That's not something that is new to us. Right. Um, but I, I think the um, the abuse of women for entertainment yeah. is something that has shifted into a place where I think if you can be OK with that. Yeah. In a sense, you've lost your ability so, to be vexed. OK, so uh, my question is for Christians, you know, um, and this kind of goes along with what you're saying. Is it the right uh, uh, response to be surprised by it or should we have expected like w- when you're given the names of who's going to be performing that it's going to be pretty like well no I well pocket. I fall I I can see both perspectives on okay. that because I think that you could think there would be um, maybe a a performance that would involve these two Latina women mm-hmm. and that it would maybe, you know, kind of play to their culture a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe there'd be some things that we don't understand. You know, we don't necessarily gyrate like that and just like normal day to day activity. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I think there's some people who are saying that they're saying, well, some of it was cultural. Yeah. And OK, I understand that. I've 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 seen African dances mm-hmm. that are cultural and yeah. they don't mean to those people performing the dances what they mean to Over us. Right. You know, right. It's it makes different. us blush. Yeah. Um. So I understand that. However, um, I would say that 
Jennifer Lopez and Shakira are known not because they're like Latina performers, but there's also a sense of sensuality that that follows them. And that's the given. Like that is Mm -hmm. what your expectation is. Mm -hmm. But if I could go a step further, I don't think it's it's I really don't think the question is about Latina culture Mm -hmm. or the types of dance moves that they had. But I think that there was inherent wickedness. Mm. And what was going on during the Super Bowl halftime show, there's a lot of symbolism. Mm. Um, but worse than that, we are in a moment where we're talking about human trafficking. Yeah. We are talking about Man. women being sold into sex slavery. We are talking about women yeah. as objects in this country like we have never discussed before. And we just talked about and it last week as it pertains to the Super Bowl and big events. That this is a prime time for that. Absolutely. And so then we say that this industry, and Mm -hmm. I hate to call it that because it almost legitimizes it in a sense, Mm. but we're saying that this industry is fueled by pornography and what people are watching, right? And so the halftime show, from what I saw, now there may be someone who said that there was a redemptive end. I don't know. I, you know, once I, once I was like, okay, yeah, I've seen enough. Oh, really? Wow. Oh, I don't know that. No, I'm just saying there okay. may be people. I just want to be fair. Oh, I want to okay. be fair. There okay. may be people who say, well, did you see all of it? Did you see this? And I know there's yeah. always going to be those people. We've right. encountered them. We've been doing this yes. long enough to know that those people are there. So yeah. I just want to talk to them beforehand. Right. And I just want to <laughs> right. say there may you may have found an altar call in it. OK, fine. There's always going to be, the, you know, which, by the way, guys, let me I don't have a lot of patience for those people. Mm-hmm. I, I I try to bear with you. But just know that I do lose my patience when there are people who always <laughs> want to show me what is redemptive in, in things that, you know, repeatedly thumb their nose at the holiness of God. And, and so getting back to my point here, the gyrating aside, the, um, you know, dances and all of the, the, the whatever. I mean, all of that was enough. But what you had on that stage mm-hmm. last night um was the sale of women. That's mm. what you had. You had, it was a, it was however long, whatever the complete length of the halftime show was, it was that length of time an ad for the sale of women. That's wow. what it was. It wow. was a, it was a promotion wow. for the sale of women and to feed men's appetites mm-hmm. of what women are good for. Uh, the, the portion that I saw, mm-hmm. uh, Shakira wrapped her own hands up with a rope. Then you have Jennifer Lopez is dancing on a pole and, you know, men who are dressed in like bondage wear. And I mean, this was the type of stuff that you would think, you know, (laughs) it would be shameful for us to even be discussing Uh, it. it But it was paraded about (laughs) on a stage where millions of people watched it. Now, now keep in mind also the Super Bowl said no to pro-life ads. Mm. No, we're not doing that. You know, no, we're we're not going to talk about the value of life, but we will overwhelmingly be complicit in the sale of women. We'll run a halftime show long ad on what women are good for. And that is their bodies. That is to be to be twisted around poles and to gyrate. And and it was so over what I saw was so overwhelmingly sexual that there is no it it, it, (laughs) to me. It lacked performance. There was no performance. It was just how much sexuality can I communicate in these moments that I have on this stage? 
And it was enough for wow. me to, to prompt my outcry for the body of Christ, which yeah. is this. This is the following. Here it is. Yeah. This is my encouragement to the body of Christ. Be vexed. Mm. Be vexed. We live in a constant tension. And I posted this on Facebook as I was thinking about this. And I know that there are people I, I follow uh, counterculture mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've interviewed her before. We'll have her on again. Yeah. Uh, Tina Marie. And uh, she posted, you know, how outrageous this halftime show was. I hadn't seen it at that point. But the thing that prompted me to check it out was in this group that I'm in. Um, there was another mom who responded to her post. And this is what that mom said. And this is why I thought, well, my goodness, you know, there was a mom who responded to Tina Marie Griffin's outrage Mm -hmm. over the halftime show. Mm -hmm. And this mom said, I don't understand what the big deal is. She Mm -hmm. said, these women were wearing um, what many of us wear to the beach and they were doing what it is that they do. They were performing, they were putting on a show. Mm. And she says, I don't understand why, you know, basically why we have to be so hypocritical and why we have to just like bash them and shame them like that. Wow. So that's a dramatic difference, right? Yeah, dramatic. Dramatic difference. And so I'm thinking, well, okay, maybe it was the way that they were dressed, which that's not, I don't approve of that. I actually, now watch Mika get up on her high horse. I actually don't think women should dress like that at the beach who are professing godliness. I think it's still underwear. (laughs) (laughs) That's just me. That's just Mm. me. You have liberty. That's fine. I'm I'm just just telling you, you know, um, I have one of the biggest uh, over the top things for me was when our kids asked us, what's the difference between that and underwear? They asked us that. <laughs> right. They asked us, why is that OK to wear around a pool? But you like you can't just walk out wearing that. Why do you tell me to put on clothes? You know, <laughs> I don't have an answer for that. I don't have any. And so because I don't have an answer for that, I think it's a self-explanatory answer. Yeah. You know, we just we don't. God has called us to be modest. Yeah. He's called us to this. Right. So I don't know. I When I looked at the um, about 10 minutes of it, I think everyone who <laughs> who has responded with, oh, my goodness, I can't believe this. I can't believe that the you know NFL halftime show looked this way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're I think they're right. I think they're right. Um, Amy Warren, who is going to oversee the teen track of our youth apologetics track, she and her husband, mm-hmm. um, she is Latina, and she responded like, "This is not indicative. This is not representative of Latin, Latin culture." Yeah, you know, she said, "As a as a Latina woman, I'm outraged over this, the objectification of women's bodies." I thought she had a great post. I shared it. If you go to my page, you can find it. Um, but here is my call. Here is my my call to the body of Christ: Be outraged. Be vexed. Don't allow yourself to sink into this as normalcy for those of us who profess godliness. That's my only thing. The world will do what the world is going to do. We are tasked to live differently in the world. There Mm -hmm. must always be that tension. If you don't feel it, be concerned. we got to grab the break. Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We'll be right back. God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment. If he did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, 
if by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes, he condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. And if he rescued righteous Lot, greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked, for as that righteous man lived among them day after day, he was tormented, his righteous soul, Mm. over their lawless deeds that he saw and heard. (laughs) Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials Mm. and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment, and especially those who indulge in the lust of defiling passion and despise authority. This is the Apostle Peter's second letter, and that's Mm. the second chapter. And I began at the fourth verse. We are living in an increasingly wicked time. And my encouragement to the body of Christ is to be like Lot, Mm. to be vexed, to not let this become normal for you. Now, look, I understand that there are people who listen to me and they say, your voice sounds way too young for the curmudgeon words that are coming out of your mouth. (laughs) They're like, you, you sound ancient, but you are also sounding young. And so you're confused. Look, let me tell you something. (laughs) Holiness does not have an age range. (laughs) And the way that we maintain this tension. And so I I say that every Christian should always be very afraid when it's like, eh, whenever you get to the point in culture where you're just like, eh, I mean, you know, eh, but what can you do? What can you do? You know? That's you should be afraid. There should be an alarm inside of you that you're like, wait, what? What's happened? Yeah. What's going on with me? (laughs) Yeah. And if you don't know how to be vexed, if you don't know how to be grieved, then that means your relationship with the Lord is very stale Mm. because any ongoing relationship with the Lord whereby there is prayer and there is the study of his word and there is fellowship with other believers. When you see what the world is offering, you automatically put it in a category of contrary to what the word of God suggests. That's right. That's right. And and so, so when you have that, it's, you know, it's not comfortable, but it certainly is easier to be vexed than, than just going full on into the world and yeah. saying, you know, what can we do? I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, we're surrounded out here and we are. Yeah. Guys. And it grates on you like as you as you're living in this world and you're seeing these different things. If you're not careful, you will be desensitized. You know, that's you, right. You will that's be, right. you know, and I was talking to a brother today um, and uh, we were mentioning uh, Revelation chapter 21. And I said, man, you know what? I think all Christians need to go back and read that, you know, often to understand that this is not our home mm-hmm. and that there's a place that's set up for us. That's way more, you know, uh, more beautiful, more whatever mm-hmm. you want to say than where we are now, mm-hmm. you know. And I think sometimes because of life, you know, it, it can grate on you. It can it can be something where it's like, oh, this is just the way it is. But for the Christian, we have to maintain, like you're saying, that vexation, you yes. know, uh, and, and, and be called to prayer and called to witnessing and all those other things that we should be doing uh, for Christ. You know, and I think that if there are things that numb you to that, if there are things that remove from you the ability to be vexed or you just kind of don't care anymore, you're just like, eh, you know, if you find yourself, um, as the Apostle Peter describes, you know, later in this same letter, um, maybe turning into one of those scoffers mm. where you're just like, eh, mm. you know, Lord help us. man, yeah, <laughs> repent, <laughs> yeah. repent. Yeah. Because if you look at what Peter says, I mean, this this letter here mm. is an encouragement that finds itself rooted in the history of mm-hmm. what God has already done. Already done. That's right. And so Peter is building.
still going to do mm-hmm. what remains undone. Mm-hmm. And in order to anchor that, what he actually does is goes back to what God has already done. Already done. So in other That's words, right. it's like, okay, so you know this happened. Mm-hmm. You know we've already been through this. We've already seen this. This has happened. And so now, hey, we're headed in this direction. <laughs> this is not our home. And this sounds ludicrous to a world that has rejected God. This sounds ridiculous. You sound like a person who is a madman or a mad woman. Like mm. you, you just don't make sense to the world, mm. but that is called being peculiar. Yeah. This was always the prescription for the body of Christ. We were always called to be peculiar, yeah. but as we often say, you didn't really get to experience that because we were all pretty good around here. Mm. Right. 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 Well, now we're not so much. Right. Now we're not all pretty good around here. Now, now there is a clear distinction and a line being drawn. Mm. There are a few things that we wanted to mention. And I think one of the one of the um, natural segues will would be to talk about India Partners. We partner with this ministry. And even as we're talking about the Super Bowl halftime show, and it was just a long running ad uh, for human trafficking. That's what it was. It yeah. just it objectified women and put, you know, <laughs> I would say put a bounty on women's heads. Wow. You know, it, yeah. it just it was one of the most disgusting things, not the most disgusting things coming from the television, but one of the most um, real people are affected by this. That's real right. people are affected by this um, in this country and around the world. And so the Ministry of India Partners mm-hmm. um, offers days of safety to women and girls who have escaped uh, human trafficking. Mm. And we partner with them and we've been doing this for a number of years Um partnering with them to build safe homes Mm -hmm. where there could be days of safety for women and girls. And we give you the opportunity to do it. $7 and eight cents provides one day of safety, rescue and care. And I think the question for each and every one of us always is now, what will we do? Yeah. You know, remember we (laughs) go back to Henry Ward Beecher. The question is always, here's the opportunity. Yeah. Here is the need. And now what will we do? And so we'll be talking about this all week and, um, and then, we want to give you an opportunity to be able to partner with this ministry as well. You can go to AFR.net to learn more about the Ministry of India Partners. Or if you are already acquainted with the ministry and this is something that you look forward to, maybe this is a ministry that you and your family support mm-hmm. and you look forward to being reminded of this every year. Here is the number 877-616-2396, 877-616-2396. Again, you can also give online at AFR.net, AFR.net. It's unfortunate that our country that was once so well known for exporting the gospel, mm. you know, um, for sending missionaries and for getting the truth to people. Yeah. Um, now we are exporters of wickedness. Yeah. Like that's what we do. Yeah, we just, sad. I mean, we send out wickedness. We, we wet the appetite. We um, arouse the desire of wicked and evil people all around the world. And in some instances, we reward it. We incentivize it. And uh, it, and it's a shame because God has been so good to our nation. Amen. Um, God has been so good to our nation. Yeah. And, and we have, um, through many dangers, toils, and snares, you know, <laughs> Um, turn to thank him in this way. Yeah. And it's sad. It really does sadden me. Um, anyway, a couple other things this yeah. weekend, Will, we're going to be in um, We'll be Memphis. in Bartlett. Yeah, Bartlett, Tennessee. Memphis, outside of Memphis. And I just wanted to say, you know, we always need to remember that we serve the God who sees. There's nothing that... Um, yeah. That we're getting away with. You know, I'm just to, just to your point, you know, about what we export. You know, like, man, like, there's a price for that in the spiritual realm as well. You know, 
And so we, we, we served a mm-hmm. guy who sees all of that. But yes, there's a conference uh, happening this weekend, uh, February 7th and 8th. The Gospel is Enough Conference is a biblical look at the social Amen. justice movement. And so Mickey will be uh, speaking there. I'll be there as well speaking and, and helping to host it. Abraham Hamilton III will be there as well and some other great speakers. The, the cost for this uh, conference is uh, $30. Uh, and it's just going to be, I think, an awesome time to inform the church on what's going on and, and some of the, the evil things that are trying to infiltrate the church at this point. And, uh, and so th- this would be a great time to get that information and to uh, get equipped, you know, so you'll know what what's happening. You know, I talked to a lady today who's planning on her and her husband hopefully coming uh, to that conference. And so I think it's going to just be a, a great time mm-hmm. uh, of, of fellowship, but of teaching, you know, and equipping the saints for, for work of ministry. Mm-hmm. And then also. Yeah, we can't ignore w- what the enemy is doing. Yeah. We can't ignore his schemes and the devices that he has used to try to destroy right. and to undermine the church. And this is just another one of those things. And it's again, and, and that's a part of what I'm going to be looking at in my, my talk. I'm going to be looking at this long March that has been made with all of these philosophies that have attempted to threaten the church. But the promise that the Lord Jesus Christ made to the church is true and it's firm and it's sure that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Now, that that has not happened because the enemy has not tried. The enemy has tried. So we're going to take a look at some of those things. Christians have got to know what's going on. We can't pretend that those things just don't matter or that it's only the weak among us Mm. who are giving into these philosophies. I assure you, it's not the weak baby Christians who are the victims of these philosophies, guys. These philosophies are in our pastors and our leaders' hearts and minds right now, right now. And it is it is destroying, dividing, ripping the church apart. And so we've got to stand against it. And I'm so, sorry. Go ahead. Will, no, say, you're going to say something else. No, I'm just going to say. And so if you go to gospelisenough.com, you can get all the information there. And just some of the topics that I'm seeing here, like Mickey, you were saying academic philosophies that threaten the church. That's what you'll be talking about. Uh, Dr. Kilpatrick, the history of the social justice movement, the 1920s to the 1970s. You know, um, Eric Muldrow. It was a, a former uh, police officer, uh, police brutality, fact mm-hmm. and fiction. It's just going to be a great, great um, uh, conference. Wow. And so uh, there'll be talk of uh, critical race theory and intersectionality. And you've heard us speak about that here on this show. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the, prob- the problem is enmity and not ethnicity. Daryl Harrison. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, just some great, <laughs> some great things that will be uh, spoken there. And so if you're able to come out. Go to uh, gospelisenough.com and you can uh, register and and meet us in Bartlett, Tennessee. Yeah, look forward to meeting you there. Um, okay, let's make another shift unless there was something else that I'm forgetting. I felt like there was. Well, the other thing is, we of course, uh, the Marriage Family Life Conference happening in June. Yes, of uh, course. Just want to make sure that you're keeping up with that. You can go to marriagefamilylife.net and that will be happening here in Tupelo, Mississippi, marriagefamilylife.net. If you want information about that conference, go to the website. And if you go to the about page, the about page, you can find information about uh, hotels. And also a, you can see a schedule of, of the uh, event that will, that will take place. You can see all, how it would be broken down. And so uh, just go to uh, marriagefamilylife.net. You can get all the information there. You can register there. And uh, we'd love for you to be a part of that. That's happening June 25th through the 27th. Um, you know, 
when we encourage Christians to hold the line, I understand that it sounds very antiquated. You know, I understand that the things that we talk about, um, I think people probably think that we sound a little bit alarmist, mm. you know, to say um, this, there is an actual agenda. Um, I, re- I can think of, um, I guess, last year in, in July, I guess it was, when we were going through the Corporate Equality Index and oh, we're saying, hey, yeah. here is where we're headed. <laughs> this is the agenda. Like, mm-hmm. guys, this is what's going to happen. What's going to happen is that any business that hopes to succeed in culture, mm-hmm. um, you're going to have to pass this Corporate Equality Index test. Mm-hmm. Like, you've got to kiss the ring. And so when we say things like this, it sounds like, okay, it's kind of a little bit too far out, you know. Um, it, it sounds like you're scaring people unnecessarily. Yeah. But then you have a story like this one um, where you go, you know, we're probably not that far off. And so I want to share this story here and have a little bit of a conversation around it before we get to this next break. And then we'll open the phone lines and hear from some of our listeners. But here is the story here um, from the Miami Herald, incidentally. Uh, Two major banks are ending their financial support of Florida's private school voucher program because of reports of discrimination against LGBTQ students. Mm. Ohio-based Fifth Third Bank tweeted its announcement last week on Tuesday evening in response to a state representative who had tagged the company in a separate tweet. Now, and again, let me also say this. So activism is happening on Twitter, all right? So (laughs) bullying is happening on Twitter that turns into corporate policy. Wow. I just just (laughs) want to make sure people understand where we live here now. So this is no longer, and and let me also say this, and and I'm going to get back to the story here. But when we here at the American Family Association say, hey, send a letter to this company, or we say, hey, sign a petition, People are like, ah, I don't know. Hey, come on, you guys, you can't. I mean, you can't. That's not going to have any. Oh, it doesn't have any influence. You know, it's a waste of time. We don't know. We don't, Christians don't need to be doing that. We just need to be loving people. Let me let you know that while we love and, you know, go along and get along and everything, just understand that Twitter is a tool of activism that affects <laughs> corporate policy. Wow. I just want people to understand that. So while you think, oh, really? Petitions? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Because here is the story here. So there was a state's representative who tagged this one particular bank in um, a separate tweet about this bank's contributions to the Florida Tax Credit Scholarship Program. All right. The Florida Tax Credit Scholarship Program. And this program allows companies to make donations which are deducted from their corporate taxes Mm. When those funds go to fund private school vouchers for lower income students. Hmm. You would think that there's a little bit of a war there, right? Because you would think you would think that with, you know, our critical theory and all of these things, you would think that the lower income students would be a protected class. Right. right. But not when you're talking about LGBT. Come on. Right. You (laughs) You would think that lower income would be a synonym for inner city, right. a synonym for black, a synonym for oppressed, a synonym for non-white, a synonym for a synonym. Just continue on. Right. So you would think that this would be in the category of protected class, but no, Mm-mm. no, it's not. Right. Wells Fargo, in addition to the Fifth Third Bank, all right, Wells Fargo, which is based out of, I want to say San Francisco, also did the same thing. 
they decided to pull their funding from the Florida Tax Credit Scholarship Program because of the private schools receiving the funds who have, according to them, anti-LGBTQ policies in place. Mm. We got to grab the break. We'll pick up right here when we get back. Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We'll be right back. on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And as uh, Jonathan McReynolds, not lucky, I'm love. I want to finish up this story. Um, maybe Sherry B. wants to queue up some calls for us. Uh, if you've got comments on anything that we've talked about today, um, how do Christians maintain um, their vexation? Mm. Um, did you see the Super Bowl halftime show? Do you, do you agree with me? Do you disagree with me? That's fine. You can do either one of those things here. Um, I guess the overarching theme, my, my question today, the discussion that Will the Great and I are having before you today is how do Christians maintain our distinction in a secularized culture? It's no longer secularizing. And and I, I almost feel that to call it a secularized culture mm-hmm. is almost to make it a little bit benign. Like it's mm-hmm. just a culture that's kind of I, I think it is a it's a hostile culture. It is not just a just a culture that is void of God. It's it's a it's a culture that is void of God and hates you for believing that he exists. That's right. You know, so it's <laughs> it's true. not just. And, and so let's not kid ourselves by using terms that kind of soften the blow or weaken our resolve. We yeah. can't have that. We can't have that. You, you know, you don't go out. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like it's like you've got a lion in your backyard. And you've always got the people who are like, well, we just need a saucer of milk. Let's just <laughs> let's just go out with a saucer of milk and you, you're putting your two hands out in front. Hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, it's mm-hmm. that's we cannot do that. You understand what I'm saying? You can't do that. Put <laughs> I understand your great care and your concern, but please put down the saucer of milk. Mm. <laughs> All right. Go back inside and get a shotgun. All right. All right. Just, I'm just wow. telling you. I'm just telling you. That's how the West was won. Um, All right. If you want to get your calls queued up and then I'll finish up this story here talking about these two ba- these two banks that have removed their funding from um, this um, this Florida tax credit scholarship program that would have helped black kids. I mean, un- lower income students. <laughs> I'm sorry. Probably Latinos as well. I mean, you know, I don't know. What's what's the what's the, what do we say today? We say black and brown. That's what we say. Yeah. There we go. We just we just Gotta keep changing PC, things around, you know? you know, so it would probably help black and brown kids. But, you know, we don't care. We don't care because if there's anything that threatens the head honcho, which is anything that falls under the umbrella of LGBTQ, then you can't have that. And so we will rip the rug. We will rip the educational rug right from under the feet of black and brown kids. Mm. Right. We don't care. We don't care. And nobody's going to say anything. Why? Because we're all afraid of anybody who's under the rainbow flag. We're all afraid. We don't we don't want anybody coming for us. We don't want you know, we don't want people to say that. The messages and texts and the tweets, but you know who's not afraid of any of those things? Anybody who's under that banner, because they certainly do tweet, they certainly do send their messages. Mm-hmm. They're certainly it's it's not only we are here, and we just want to go along and make nice. It's no, you will agree with us. 
Mm. And you will support and affirm everything that we support and affirm. You want your convictions. We will give it to you. And so what's the role of the Christian? What are we doing today? The Christians just kind of sit back again. And we got that saucer of milk. You know, we got that saucer. We're like, here you go, because we're supposed to be helping hands. Here we go. You got that saucer of milk. <laughs> Guys, I'm, I'm telling you, this is, this is not a very safe environment for us to be in right now, believer. It's not. We are at a tipping point, and, and, and it's a tipping point that has been driven, uh, driven along um, surely um, with, with great intentionality, relentlessly, and, and many of the pegs that have been in the ground, many of the stakes that have been in the ground as this, this, this agenda has been driven along have been removed by Christians. It's Christians. All right, one last thing here, and then we'll go to the phone lines. Um, these two banks, Wells Fargo and the Fifth Third Bank that removed their funding from the Florida Tax Credit Scholarship Program, one of those banks alone, uh, the Smith uh, Fifth Third Bank, I'm sorry, the Fifth Third Bank that removed its funding, that bank alone costs that voucher program, that scholarship program, mm-hmm. $5.4 million. Wow. $5.4 million. So look, so that's why when people tell you, when people tell you, give up your privilege, you don't care about people. Mm. When they tell you, you don't love people, they tell you, you don't mm-hmm. care about people. You need to let them know that you've got 5.4 million dead presidents to show that neither do you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> neither do you. You guys don't care about people. You mm. only care about yourselves. Come on now. You don't, you don't care about the little unlearned little brown and black kids in Florida. You don't care about them. You, you don't care about their moms not being able to make ends meet, but wanting to give them quality education. You only care about their sexuality. You only care about who they sleep with or who they want to sleep with. <laughs> You're disgusting. You're absolutely disgusting. I'm, and Christians have got to stop being cowards. Yeah. We've got to stop Amen. being like, oh, we, here's our saucer. Put down the saucer. <laughs> Enough with the milk. No more milk. <laughs> All right, let's go to the phone lines, 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where do we go first? All right, let's go to John in Arkansas. Hi, John. Good afternoon. I appreciate you folks so very much. I just wanted to make a comment about my daughter's and my granddaughter's modesty. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I take them to the beach or to a swimming pool, they wear a T-shirt and shorts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Thank you, John. I appreciate yes, that. I mean, and just since we're all sharing, we our kids do the same thing. Yes, sir. We, we do the same thing. <laughs> and look, and again, and I, I have to say this, it's me picking up the saucer of milk. No offense to anyone who doesn't. I'm not saying you don't love the Lord, but what I am telling you is that you live in a society where there are predators, right? So you got people who are scouting out your kids. I mean, you know, not only that, but man, there's... You know, what Adam and Eve did for themselves was not sufficient. Mm. You know, what they thought they were covering up, you know, it, it was not sufficient. And I know yeah. that this is also theologically symbolic, what God did there. But I think in a very practical sense, it was like, no, nah, you're still showing too much now. Your mm. eyes are open. Yeah. You're still showing way too much. All right. Where do we go next, Will the Great? All right. Let's go to Larry in Texas. Hi, Larry. Hey, hi. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I've been waiting 35 years since my dad died to hear somebody talk about being vexed. Mm. Lot was vexed with the filthy conversation and lifestyle of Sodom at Christmas time and New Year's. 
I shared uh, a, 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 an article of my writing with, with my family, and I talked about this. And mm-hmm. uh, it's on the Internet. I put it on the Internet, a wordforthought.com. But I also I started off with perilous times. I said the most dangerous place for Christians, the most perilous place for Christians is comfortable. Mm. Mm. Man, that's oh, good. Oh, man. Larry, Thank you, Larry. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. That's true. Wordforthought.com. I'll go check it out. No, that's, he's right that's though. True. It's a, he's right. We don't we don't know what it is to be vexed, but we need to. Yeah. We need to Man. know. Where do we go next, Will the Great? All right, let's go to uh Tom in Tennessee. Hi, Tom. Hi, how are you doing? Doing fine. Okay, great. I got a uh, something I want to read to you that Jennifer Lopez said in an article last week. Real quick. Okay. okay. All right. As long as it's clean. At a press conference last week, Jennifer Lopez was asked about the prospect of being one of the two stars of the Super Bowl halftime show, mm-hmm. billed as the first time two Latinas would do such a concert together. Those Pez replied, That statement alone to me is empowering. When I think of my daughter, when I think of all the little girls in the world, to be able to have that, to see that two Latinas, are doing this in this country at this time is just very empowering for mm. us. Mm. What about that? Wow. Oh, my goodness. Man. It is exactly the opposite. That performance. Thank you so much, Tom, you, for Tom. reading that. I appreciate it. I, I wasn't familiar with her comment on that. Um, and before her performance, this is exactly the opposite of empowerment. Right. She was complicit in objectifying women. And, you know, I had a thought here. You know, she's... Um, She's in a relationship with um, A-Rod, I think she is. Yeah. And I, I watched an interview with her a few weeks ago where she was talking about blending their families, and both of them have older daughters. Mm. And so I actually had a thought, but I was like, you know, I wanted to be careful. But I had a thought. I was like, you know, after a performance like that, do you go off stage <laughs> and run into the arms of your young girls and say, how did mom do? Oh, my goodness. Like, that's what I wonder. I wonder that. Like, uh. do, do you go to your daughters and say, did your mom kill it or what? I, I don't <laughs> know. I just don't know. But it's really yeah. sad to think that we look at empowerment just based on, one, checking boxes of, of, of cultural relevance, right? And then how much can you sell your body? How much is your body worth? Mm. It's really, really sad. Yeah. Where do we go next, Will the Great? Let's go to Tommy in Ohio. Hi, Tommy. Hi, how are you guys doing today? I'm hang, hanging in there barely, but I'll tell you, the culture we live in is evil, mm-hmm. and it's it's getting worse. Yeah. The TV needs to be shut off. I'm yeah. telling you, the, the, we need to shut Hollywood off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they mm-hmm. are, th- th- this guy... But I won't go into that because that'll get me off track. But but I watched the first half of this game. I don't like the pregame hype and all that garbage talk and all that stuff before mm-hmm. the games. And they they was doing it for three days. I was like <laughs> sick of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, but uh, I um I turned the game on and I put the mute button on and I watched the first half. And then at the end of the first half, during a commercial. And I didn't have the sound on, so I really don't know what was said. But the guy winked at me and blew me a kiss. And I felt mm. insulted by that. Mm. And I'm like, man, I ain't going to watch the rest of this. So I turned the TV off, unplugged the TV, and went to bed. I hear you. What, I didn't know who won the game until this morning. And I'm watching <laughs> yeah. the news this morning, and they showed pre, they showed the, the highlights of 
more of the halftime mm. than they did the actual game. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Man, thank wow. you, Tommy. Wow. That, you know, that right there, Tommy, thank you so much for your call. That tells us all we need to know about what our culture wants us to see. Yeah. You see, because the point is not even about who moved the ball down the field. <laughs> no. I mean, that's not that's not even what I mean. That's right. Yep. That's amazing to me. That is amazing <laughs> to me. Will the Great, where do we go next? Let's go to Rich in Mississippi. Hi, Rich. Hey, hey. Hey, what's up? <laughs> I'm gonna be short. I'm gonna be short. I'm gonna use one of Abe's terms. When the sexual deviant mm-hmm. gets their way, and then the church, the big C, talking about the church, mm-hmm. and yeah. the government allows the, um, the sexual deviants to have their way, then this is what we get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they pass they pass articles on their civil rights. Civil rights is something that you earn. It's not something that you are permitted to have if it were well i would say i would say this it's it's built i would i would say this because our rights come from god government doesn't give us our rights they don't government does not permit us to have our rights government protects our rights but i would say this that our civil rights are based on something that is quantifiable it's based on something that is immutable it's not based on your proclivities it's not based on your own just desires these are Mm -hmm. some things that are inherent in us that are given to us by god that people in every culture and every time can cry out regarding yeah. Do you understand? So it, it is based on our humanity, those things that are put inside of us by God. And, and this is what we have understood from the founding of this nation. I mean, this is what made us this this sort of experiment. Like, can we really understand what it is for man to answer to God, mm. not to the king? Right. Mm. For man to be the Lord's right and not belong to another person. Yeah. This is what we're talking about. when We talk about our civil rights. People need to always remember and and. Years ago on Aaron the Addison's The Morning Show, we really walked through the offensive claim to civil rights scarring by the homosexual activists. Mm-hmm. Like it is offensive. And I and I'm, I'm going to tell you, I don't often recommend that. Um, in fact, I never recommend that people play the race card. I just I don't think you need to ever do that, (laughs) except in this case. (laughs) I'm sorry, guys. Can I just tell you that's I'm always if if I get it, if I'm in a dispute and I do it on a regular basis, if I am in a dispute with a homosexual activist and there's a difference between a homosexual and a homosexual activist and people need to understand that one of the very first things I'm going to play to is that you have robbed my people of their struggle. (laughs) I know. Isn't that awful? It's awful. I know it. I know. But look, I don't have any shame because they don't. They don't care. <laughs> right, right. They don't care. Right. You have robbed my people of their struggle. The, the civil rights fight for black people in America was mm-hmm. a fight for personhood. That's right. It was a human fight. You, you, there has never once been a time in the history of this country where homosexuals were seen as less than human. Mm. People would have said, oh, that's disgusting. Oh, we don't know. We don't know how to. No, I, we just can't deal with this. But there was never a question about whether or not you were human because of who you wanted to sleep with. <laughs> that's right. So this is, I mean, this is one of those things where you go, this is the black leader should have stood up and protected the struggle and the fight, the fight of the abolitionists yeah. who were both black and white. And by the way, if we could go back and do just a little history jump, they were overwhelmingly white. Mm. (laughs) 
And what was the fight for? The fight was, hey, we are a nation that says that all men are created equally, equally, that our rights come from God, that each man must answer to God. He must not be the property of another man. To take that and then to say, hey, civil rights, I get to sleep with whoever I want to sleep with or wear women's clothing when I'm a man. Do you know how disrespectful that is to the strange fruit hanging from trees in the United States of America? Mm. Don't play with me. I'm putting the saucer down. (laughs) Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.